0: This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This episode, number 29, entitled Does Paul Call Jesus God in Romans 9 and verse 5? The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today at the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. My name is Dustin Smith, and I am your host. The Apostle Paul is no stranger to controversy, and his letters, at times, are far from straightforward. There is even a remark within the canon in 2 Peter which notes that Paul is often difficult to understand and is thus frequently twisted. It should come as no surprise that differences of opinion have emerged in regard to various passages within the Pauline corpus. One of these disputed passages is Romans chapter 9 and verse 5. And the dispute lies at whether Jesus is called God by Paul within this verse. Romans 9 and verse 5 is grammatically ambiguous in the Greek. If we only consider this verse's grammar and no other contextual clues, then Paul either says that Jesus is overall God, or Paul offers God the Father an independent doxology. The purpose of this week's episode is to examine what other contextual clues are at our disposal in resolving this ambiguity. Paul regularly distinguishes God and Jesus within his letters, so an identification of Jesus as overall God would be unexpected here in Romans. But we can reserve our judgment until we examine all of the evidence. So let's begin. Point number one, let's look at the passage in context and offer some initial considerations. So I'm going to read Romans chapter 9 verses 1 through 5 out of the New American Standard Version. I'm telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My confidence testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ, for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom belongs the adoption of sons, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the temple service, and the promises, who are the fathers, and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh, who is over all. God bless forever. Amen. That's Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. And so we can see there in verse 5, we have this phrase, Christ according to the flesh. And then the question is whether we should add some punctuation or leave the punctuation out with the following phrase: who is overall, God bless forever. Amen. Is this here saying that Christ according to the flesh is overall God, blessed forever? Or is it talking about God bless forever the one who is overall? And actually, in the Greek, you could move theos, the noun for God, earlier in the sentence. So it says, God, who is overall, blessed forever, amen, making it an independent doxology. The Greek of this phrase is pretty straightforward. Aon epi theos, evlo yitos, istus aonas amin, which roughly translated is, the one who is overall, God, blessed into the ages, Amen. Romans chapter 9 and verse 5. So, is the phrase, God who is overall, a relative clause that further defines Christ, or is it an independent doxology about God the Father? In other words, should we put a period after flesh, thus making the reference to the one who is overall, refer to God the Father? A quick survey of modern translations shows a variety of ways to punctuate the verse. And it's important to note that since punctuation was absent from the original manuscripts, any attempt at punctuation is an interpretive choice by the modern reader. So we still need to consider other pieces of relevant data, which moves us to our second point. Let's look at other similar doxologies within the epistle to the Romans itself. We can see one in Romans chapter 1, verse 25, which says, For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. That's Romans chapter one and verse 25 to where God, the creator, is described as the one who is blessed forever. Amen. That seems to be a reference to God, the father, the creator, rather than Jesus Christ, the human Messiah. So that seems to be a reference to the doxology in reference to God, the creator. There's another doxology in In Romans chapter 11 in verse 36, but this comes after a long argument, so I'm going to read the context starting in verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who became his counselor, or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That's Romans 11, verses 33 through 36. And in this passage, Paul cites Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 13 in Romans 11, verse 34, which says, Who is known the mind of the Lord? But in the Hebrew, this word Lord refers to Yahweh. It's the proper name for God. And so here we see that The reference to God in verse 33 which is defined as Yahweh in verse 34 and in verse 36 it says from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever amen seems to unambiguously refer to Yahweh God the Father so Romans 11 and verse 36 gives another doxology within Romans that identifies God the Father Yahweh as the recipient of this independent doxology so Let's look at some more data. Point number three is looking at doxologies in some of Paul's previous letters. And so we'll look at doxologies in the letter to the Galatians and in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. In Galatians chapter one, Paul begins his letter with these words. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever. Amen. That's Galatians 1, verses 3-5. through 5. And there we see that the will of God our Father, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. Is another doxology in reference to God the Father. It's not a doxology in reference to Jesus Christ. This passage, Galatians 1, verses 3-5, through 5, seems to differentiate God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And the doxology in verse 5, unambiguously, is in reference to our God and Father. Looking at the doxology in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we read this. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, he who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. That's 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 31. There we see, by the way, that God is described as the God and Father of Lord Jesus Christ, thus demonstrating that the Lord Jesus has a God and has a Father, and the God of the Lord Jesus is God the Father. And God the Father here is described as the one who is blessed forever, and the one who knows that Paul is not lying. So there we see in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 31, again, an independent doxology addressed to God the Father, specifically the God and Father of the Lord Jesus. You can actually look in the Greek, and we could see the same Greek phrase that we have seen earlier in Romans chapter 9 and verse 5, the passage in question. Let's move on to some other evidence. Point number four, let's look at other places where Paul gives a blessing using the exact same adjective appearing in Romans 9 and verse 5. This adjective again is the Greek adjective evloitos, which is translated as blessed. So we're going to look here at other places in Paul where he uses this adjective. In fact, we're going to look at all the places, starting here in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3, which says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. That's 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3, where again, the Lord Jesus Christ has a God, and that God is described as God the Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. But Paul here offers the blessing to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who is blessed in this passage is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not our Lord Jesus Christ, but specifically the God and Father of Jesus. So very clearly there that's being used of God the Father. Now there's another reference in Ephesians that might fit into this particular category depending on if the interpreter attributes Pauline authorship to Ephesians although I personally don't have a dog in this particular interpretive fight, I'll include the reference just to be thorough for our study. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That's Ephesians 1.3, where again, just like 2 Corinthians 1.3, our Lord Jesus Christ has a God, That God is described as God the Father, and the blessing here is used to describe the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if Ephesians is considered within the Pauline corpus, and this is another example of the blessing being used in reference to God the Father rather than to our Lord Jesus Christ. Point number five. Just for fun, I wanted to look at all the other New Testament occurrences of the Greek adjective evloyitos, which is translated as blessed in Romans 9 and verse 5. There are only three other references, so I thought it would be good for us to be exhaustive on this point. Again, what we're doing here is looking at every single occurrence of the adjective blessed coming from the Greek adjective evloyitos in the New Testament and to see whom the New Testament writers attribute this blessing to our first reference is going to be in Mark chapter 14 and verse 61 which says and he kept silent this is jesus and jesus kept silent and did not answer again the high priest was questioning him and saying to him are you the christ the son of the blessed one that's mark 14 and verse 61 toward jesus the christ is the son of the blessed one so the one who's described there as the Blessed One seems to be God the Father, and Jesus is the Son of that Blessed One. So clearly there, the Blessed One, the Evloyitos, is the one that is the Father of the Son, Jesus Christ. Next reference is in Luke chapter 1, verse 68, which says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. That's Luke chapter 1, verse 68 where the blessing is ascribed to the Lord God of Israel. And thus far in the narrative of Luke's gospel, Jesus isn't even born yet. So the blessing can't be in regard to Jesus. It's clearly here in reference to the Lord God of Israel, that is God the Father. And the last reference of the Greek adjective of is in 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 3, which says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Another reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, having a God, and that God is described as the Father. Here, the blessing is attributed to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The blessing is not attributed to Jesus. The blessing is attributed to the God and Father of Jesus. It seems to be a common occurrence. In fact, I think we've seen three occurrences just today to where Jesus has a God and that God is described as the Father. So that actually is every occurrence of the adjective, and it's highly interesting that the New Testament never ever uses it for Jesus, but always reserves it for God the Father. And so it appears that Romans chapter 9 and verse 5 is almost certainly distinguishing Christ from the God to whom Paul ends the verse with an independent doxology. In other words, Paul is almost unquestionably intending the phrase overall to be a description of God the Father rather than a description of Christ being God over all. So, in conclusion, number one, it seems unlikely that Paul would refer to Christ according to the flesh, that is, a human being, descending from Israel's patriarchs as God overall. Number two, the other two doxologies within Romans are clearly doxologies given to God the Father rather than to Jesus, suggesting that the same is true in Romans 9 and verse 5. Number three, the doxologies in Paul's other letters are all, without question, given to God the Father rather than to Jesus. Number four, Paul reserves the adjective evloyutos, which is translated as blessed, in all of his other letters to refer to God the Father. In fact, Jesus Christ is never described with this adjective by Paul. And lastly, number five, outside of the Pauline corpus, no other New Testament writer uses the adjective blessed, coming from the Greek adjective evloyutos, to refer to Jesus Christ. It is always without question, without ambiguity, in reference to the Father. So I can conclude here with some confidence, I might say, that Romans chapter 9 and verse 5 ends with a doxology saying, God who is overall, be blessed forever, amen, as someone who is distinct from Christ according to the flesh. If you enjoy the Biblical Unitarian Podcast and you would like to support the work that it is doing, please check out this episode's description for a PayPal link. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Dustin Smith, your host, and until next time, take care.